Hello and welcome to the See For Yourself podcast, the only podcast where every single desk job is always soul-crushing. Hmm. But isn't host, it though? Oh, I mean, it consistently tends to, that, that trends to be the, the case. I am your host for today. Uh, you know how when you get a pimple on a very visible part of your face, like your forehead or like right in between your eyebrows, and you like pop it, but it only makes it worse. So now you have this like thing for like several days. That's me. Nicely done. I am joined today by uh, my lovely co-host. I am Bartholomew Flipdebeck. Uh, you can call me Barty Flips. Barty Flips, not to be confused with Barbie Flips, which I imagine is probably a Barbie that you can find somewhere. There's like a there's like a craze for backflipping Barbies. I, I, Barbies. Barbies are nuts like that. They always have something for every different kind of Barbie you could possibly want. You know, it's weird. I get the feeling that that probably hasn't been sold yet, but considering we have like, uh, I know there's wind-up backflipping dogs. That's a thing. Why wouldn't, like, shit, I think I had a wind-up backflipping Ninja Turtle. How come I haven't seen a, a backflipping Tumblr Barbie or something like that? Oh, I'm certain of it. Like, Olympic gymnastics Barbie. It has to exist. What do you got on tap today? That that weird red bump after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> today, we are going to be trying to watch the 2015 film Pan. I don't really think that this needs any kind of a uh, introduction. I guess the uh, the blurb we'll give is: Have you ever seen any of the Peter Pan stuff? It's that. It is. We're doing that. Sick. In, awesome. In 2015 is is when we're doing it. It's Peter Pan again. This is kind of like a in a weird spot for us as far as our uh, podcast formula goes because uh, I guess we've never really done like a long standing franchises just like. I guess I guess this this will be this will be my first prediction because we didn't get this with Prey and I I remember thinking I should have guessed this as a thing that could have happened with Prey. You know how modern film studios like to do this where they'll go, "Hey, this is a uh, an established thing, you know, that people like, you know, Hellraiser or, you know, all of those." I think Hellraiser was the example I gave in Prey. They'll take an established property and then they will start it up again. But instead of giving us like a new twist on it or like a diff- giving it a different, making it like a sequel or a prequel or anything like that, it'll just be, we're going to do the exact same movie, but it'll be set 20 years later or something. They did this with the It movies. You remember It? Right. So I didn't watch any of the It movies, so I was wondering what the difference was. And I, I guess it's just that then, that it's it's It again, the, yeah. the Descendants. They're calling it soft rebooting where instead of rebooting a franchise they'll just sort of do the exact same movie it's like a complete remake of the original but with like a new cast and it's set 20 years later and all of the events are effectively the same the original it movie and the new it movies are really 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 close to being almost the exact same movies and it's it's called soft rebooting and i'm sure that there are a ton of really good examples of this where in, instead of continuing a story or having a completely new story, they'll just do the exact same movie, but they'll set it in a different time or a different place or something like that. And uh, it, it saves on, you don't have to write shit. You know, it's already written for it, you. It's an established property. Everybody knows that I was going to bring up like this kind of like, at, at least with Prey, you know, I guess Prey falls exactly victim to the same thing I'm about to bring up. But like our, our formula here is predicated on somebody not having seen it. Yeah. And so while this is, I believe, technically a golden episode, is it yeah. really? This feels like borderline cheating on the premise. So uh, I I have seen just enough about this. I've seen like the trailer for it. And I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say that it is different enough to warrant a viewing. I know that I and I, I feel especially frustrated because I know you were really excited to watch Hook, but we had realized that we'd both obviously seen Hook, you know, with but it's- uh, that's the other thing I was going to bring up is like uh, Hook feels like exactly what you described with the soft rebooting thing where it's Peter Pan, but later. At least with uh, Hook, they did try to cover the differences in that, like why it's significant that this Peter Pan is an adult now and like the difficulties he would have to go through to ingratiate himself to the Lost Boys and how they're like just these young people who've been young for a very, very long time. They are obviously not accepting of adults. Right, right. The, the hook did try to do that. I, well, I that's, also, the, that's the thing. It's it's been done. So what? What? Uh, God, I guess I'm, that's going to have to be one of my predictions. Is is what they're going to fucking change on this one? Yeah. What What do you think they will change to make this one? If If we were to say that the thing I said earlier, where they do a soft reboot, is not going to happen. They're not going to do a soft reboot. It's going to be something else. What is the something else? 
All right, so if they're just trying to capitalize on something but still do the soft reboot, I think it's going to be that this is like Peter Pan's kit that goes back. Because that, that'd be different. I guess, like, they could probably explore, like, uh, you know, like, Peter Pan's kid shows up, and they're like, oh, so you're basically exactly like Peter Pan, and then he has to spend the rest of the movie being like, no, I'm my own entity, even though I'm descended from the people that you worship. The Boruto theory. Uh, yeah, um, so that that would be interesting, uh, but I'm also... Did you ever, I don't know if it's an actual canonical thing in like, you know, you know how fairy tales like The Hunchback of Notre Dame actually have very gritty fucking books that they're based off of? Yes. Uh, I'm wondering if this is, if they're going to extrapolate on this theory that uh, the Lost Boys didn't get older because Peter can kept kept killing them. Oh, oh, okay. I, 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 I think I would be at least somewhat interested to see like a edgier Peter Pan or an edgier take on Peter Pan. That would be kind of cool. I'd like that. I, I feel it, yeah. But I, I don't know if people are ready for that, because, like, I know nobody's done the edgy hunchback of Notre Dame yet. We're getting... It's it's not, like, the edgy take on Winnie the Pooh, but it, it's it's like uh, Winnie the Pooh is getting into the public domain here soon. And Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're making a movie that's just going to be Winnie the Pooh, but he's going around killing people instead of doing the typical Winnie the Pooh things. And I, I think that it's going to be, instead of being faithful to the, the original story, it's going to be a lot of just like nods to the original story and then this completely different take on Winnie the Pooh. By the way, but Winnie Pooh's coming into the public domain, but Winnie Pooh with the red shirt is not as oh, a distinction. That's wild. <laughs> that's the, the red shirt is still owned by Disney, but small talking bear is soon to be public domain. So what, do they just put him in like a... Because like Winnie the Pooh has worn different things other than the red shirt. It's not like he's exclusively in that. He has that... Remember his uh, his little like nightgown he like wears to sleep? <laughs> uh, yes, of course. No, it's... So the, the Winnie the Pooh that's going into the public domain is from the original book series where he's just a stuffed bear that wears nothing. Yeah, but I'm what I'm saying is, is like if you make a movie about that, you could in the movie just have a reason for him to put on let's say, a white shirt or a blue I, shirt. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's true. I don't know enough about copyright law for them to be like, oh, he's putting on a shirt, but it's not red, so we haven't got him yet, guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, it's Disney. I'm sure if he puts a shirt on at all, they'll be like, see, they're copying us. We yep. own clothes. <laughs> we dress the bear. You can't do that. Fuck. <laughs> oh, I bet. I am I'm willing to... <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm willing to say that'll probably be a thing we'll see in our lifetime. We're fucking Disney squabbling over. <laughs> I know there, there's gonna be this new Winnie the Pooh, and they're like, "Hey, Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, do you wanna, you wanna go down to the whatever?" And there he's gonna be like, "Well, I wouldn't bother." And he said, "He said bother. We own that word." <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm hoping that the thing will make the, that, that will make this different is that the main character, instead of being Peter Pan, will be Tinkerbell. I always really liked the character of Tinkerbell. I thought she was really cool, and I'd like to it, see her like have her own adventure as the main character and do her own thing. Uh, I know that there have been some movies where that has been the case. I was about to say that's a whole that's a whole franchise that they've already like expounded upon with several movies. Yeah, but uh, to my knowledge, they haven't really done like a uh, Tinkerbell as. Peter Pan's Tinkerbell. It, it it has kind of been like Tinkerbell doing her own damn thing. Yeah, which is cool in its own right, certainly. But uh, I, I, I would like to see live action movie with a big ensemble cast and Tinkerbell specifically taking the role of Peter Pan specifically. And then maybe we could have, uh, you know, how Hook has his assistant guy. I yep. forget his name. Shmi. Oh, yeah, right. Shmi. I, uh, maybe maybe Shmi is sort of running the boat because Hook is indisposed for some reason. And then at the end of the movie, setting up for a sequel, because, you know, we're, we're Hollywood. We love setting up for sequels. we got to get our money. It's a 2015 movie, okay? we gotta we got to make our money somehow. It'll be, you know, Peter Pan kind of steps out at the, at the end of the movie, and he's like, I'm going to go save Tinkerbell because she is in trouble now. And then, you know, Shmi sort of steps back, and Hook is like, oh, Pan is back, and I'm going to get him with my, with my hooky hook. And uh, that could set up for our sequel. And uh, that's how I'm. 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 I've already called it. I've, I've nailed this movie down. Hook was about an adult Peter Pan, and so uh, wouldn't it be nice if like another character they could explore is Hook himself? And then then I thought tangentially along the fact it's like oh, adult Peter Pan goes back to Neverland. What if adult Hook, elderly Hook, comes out of Neverland and has to get a real fucking job? And and the naming convention works really well too, because the one about adult Peter Pan coming to Neverland is titled Hook, and the one about going to the real world and having to get a job and hunt down Peter Pan and whatnot. 
is called Pan. Wouldn't that be nice if they just were continuing that along? I think that'd be rad. Having like a like an old fucking jaded pirate man being like, oh, what do you mean I can't find a job? This is bullshit. <laughs> All right, work history. I've been scavenging the seas since you were a lad. It's like, yeah, yeah, but like... Um... You have no references. Willing, willing to bet money, he would get a job like working in, as a thespian, like as an actor. They'd be like, "Wow, he's so over the top!" And it just so happens we're doing a uh, a stage play version of Treasure Planet, and so like he'd do a great Blackbeard. Or, or whoever, yeah, he'd do it. He'd do a great Long John Silver. And you know, in in this day and age, with the uh, Jared Leto being an asshole for method acting, him being full on Captain Hook all the time, people would eat that up. They'd be like, God, he's so into it. He just he just really cares about the the craft, you know. Instead of being like, No, he's he's kind of being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole! No, man, we need to we need to know your social security number so we can pay you. What is your bank account information? And he's just like, Yar, the only account I have is an account of hating pan. <laughs> we, we get it, man. Yeah, like, like God, he's so good. It's like, listen, we'll we'll pay you cash, and he's like, only doubloons, and it's like, God, he really is just here for the love of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all about this shit, huh? I mean, legally, we have to pay him, but Jesus. <laughs> is he saying he's willing to work for free as long as we give him, like, the back end? Is that what he's getting at here? I, I can't tell exactly. I had I had considered something just now, and I wonder if maybe you're thinking the same thing. Is it possible that this movie is a musical? When did they make Cats? Were they just hard on for musicals at about 2015? Cats would have been a couple years later. I, uh, To my knowledge, no, there weren't a whole ton of very popular music musicals in... 2015 not that i know of mm. but i do when i think of pirates just lend themselves very easily to musicals right they do and i feel like you know peter pan already is sort of whimsical so the kind of people who are willing to watch a peter pan movie are typically also willing to watch a musical and that's like that's the sweet spot you kind of want to hit right i think uh i wouldn't mind a musical i don't know if they would have got i don't know if they went that way i'm gonna say they didn't i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's not a musical god actually no it's so hard to say because what what if they didn't change anything except that it's a musical? What if this is Peter Pan the musical? That would be enough difference for me to say, like, this isn't, like, a soft reboot or anything like that. This is this is its own thing, because, like, musical is just such its own genre that, like, it's a now a totally different thing, you know? Right. But it, so, it's, also, it's also true enough to, like, just the core information that they don't have to do a whole lot to it. They're like, we need to hire a guy that can write music that's basically, like, here's the script, put it to a song. I'm sure it's harder than that, but, I mean, when you're, when you're a big industry bigwig and uh, you're just trying trying to keep cashing in on this IP. A musical yeah. would exactly be the way to do it. Yeah, I agree. I'm willing to watch a musical right now, and I'd certainly be down for it, but none of the information I have indicates that. The movie's genre is family, so I don't know exactly, you know. Which means we're not even... So it's not going to be gritty. It has to be a musical. I think they can still pretty much do all the same stuff that they did in Hook and whatnot. There wasn't really any part of Hook that went over the top or had blood or, or gore or anything, uh, swear words, anything like that. Just, you know, your typical happy, jaunty, swashbuckling adventure. I hope that they don't do the thing like in the Batman. We talked about this in the Batman episode where it's like, well, we've got a PG. That still means we can do these things or vice oh, versa. Like they, like they want to do the gritty Peter Pan make but somehow still want to cash in on the fact that adults are not going to fucking immediately think that when they see pan on a poster yeah like trying to get that wide audience of a pg and like accommodate the mpaa and do all the things the mpaa says you know as if they're constantly just holding a gun to the back of the head of any given movie god i, I wonder if there's actually people that are into that shit because i remember growing up and it was like i want to watch this movie and it's like oh well technically you're not nobody nobody came at me and was like technically you're not supposed to see r-rated movies if anything, my parents would watch it first and be like, yeah, yeah, that's not that's not horrible. Like, nobody's straight up getting fucked on camera, so I guess that's not horrible. Did you have any friends like that, though? You didn't have any friends that were like, oh, if you come over to this house, you can't use any curse words, or the, or the mom and the dad are going to be like, hey, 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 no, 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 don't do that. Um, no, I, I, uh, I mean, I, I didn't grow up in Georgia, so I guess there wasn't as much of that around. Like, shit, the, the only thing I remember about that is, like, having a conversation where it's like, man, you know, I went over some so-and-so's house and he doesn't get his ass beat that often and my parents were like well you don't see what happens when you're not there and i'm like oh i guess that's true <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that one parents please proceed to beat my ass 
that's that's the only di so you're like oh we got to go to the cool parents house no no we didn't we didn't have that no um there was definitely when i was growing up there was definitely parents that were like that who clearly they were just a little too strict about weird specific shit well you know we don't watch anything over a pg-13 in this house and you're like like ever like i understand not doing it while i'm in the house because you never know right and i go back to my parents and like you don't know how my parents are it's like no i get that but like you, you never you never watched the exorcist you guys never watched child's play you never watched friday the 13th you never nothing? no if anything the, the the one friend that i i would go over um his family had a horror room and so you'd like go down this weird back hallway and it was all their memorabilia for like candy man and shit like that oh that's cool yeah uh i didn't i didn't have any friends like that all all of my friends were like basic bitch white people and occasionally like really way too into the bible type white people like their whole personality is i'm a christian we had families like that my my friends were never were typically not like that you know it's it's hard to make friends with people like that but like uh the families were a lot like that a lot of the time and it was always weird to see like my friends being like just cursing up a storm at school and then as soon as they get home they're like yep i'm gonna say grace before dinner fascinating what a fascinating life you lived <laughs> Yeah, I lived. No longer am I living this life of mine. <laughs> Just going through the motions at my fucking soul-crushing desk job. Um, well, you made it out of Georgia, so that's pretty nice. I hear they got peaches, but uh, aside from that, this is the whole side of Georgia that, like, uh, I'm glad I didn't grow up there. Yeah, uh, there, there are parts of Georgia that are really nice, but... Uh, Certainly not most of it. I, I really hope that your prediction of like, hey, we're going to do a gritty version of Pan is actually wrong now that I'm thinking of it because this movie is like a PG. So they're going to fuck it up. Yeah. I didn't know that this was a PG and listed as a family movie going in. I would have changed my prediction entirely because yeah, like I don't, I don't want to see them poorly do what could be a very cool idea yeah it is uh it is a two hour long pg family film work this is gonna be a slog unless it's a musical if it's a musical i imagine this will go by fast and we'll just be like wow belting out lyrics within the first 15 minutes like i'm gonna go get myself a drink <laughs> god i need i need some fucking vodka for this jesus uh, christ, christ. Uh, this podcast does not support alcoholism in any way um, uh the, the podcast no but uh per flipty back uh tradition uh i do i hope that this movie tries to like capture some fun because uh, i don't know I, I get that like in modern times the pirate adventure isn't looked at as like the cool fun thing you fucking um, take that back right now <laughs> <laughs> not the way that it, it was back in like the, the times when it was like wildly popular like pre-1960 um, i just feel like like god we're in a culture now where um you can get shut down for almost anything so there is no way blackbeard has not been canceled um <laughs> Just like, did, yeah, but did you did you hear what he did to his wife? Oh, yeah, yeah, we can't do movies about that anymore. Yeah, it would be pretty heinous for Blackbeard to uh, be like a, a revered and lovable character. Not like they've done that in recent history or anything. <laughs> Fuck me. We're looking at you. Our Flag Means Death, that's the name of it. The show that makes Blackbeard like a, a PC character. <laughs> oh, good lord. I still need to watch that. Yeah, Blackbeard is like socially conscious in that movie. <laughs> or what in that, the hell? What? What? Yeah, yeah. All right. He's still like a killer and like a like a pillager and whatnot, but he uh. He but in, instead of being uh, you know, intimidating to his crew, he's just like, "Was did I go a little too far there, guys? I, I don't want. How do you feel about it? I'm I'm not trying to intimidate anyone. I want you to be here because you want to be here. You know, we're a family. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of boss. <laughs> Of course. Um, it's like, guys, I'd really love to give you your share of the loot, but how about a pizza party? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think that that's the kind of villainy we deal with today. Like, that is the, the black beard of today. Is bosses who are just like, oh, yeah, I know. Inflation's up 10%. You know, you're paying so much just for gas to get to work and groceries and rent and everything is just so expensive now. And you've been working for us for years, so you're our most reliable guy. We need you to stay in the position that you're in because you're just so you know you you can do it better than anyone else we can't make you manager but, but you I, just, yeah and unfortunately like this this position it's pay capped at whatever so uh here's here's a thank you card and twenty dollars for uh no it wouldn't even be 20 bucks i heard a story the other day of someone getting a five dollar subway gift card and it doesn't yep. even pay for a fucking sandwich yep five dollars is not even enough for a sandwich anymore you would have to at least make it eight dollars if not a little bit more than that and then uh, blackbeard turns around and says thank you stockholders we've had record profits this year of course the ceo is gonna get a three million dollar pay bump you know like 
Can yeah, we make yeah. you know what? I typically we try to fix these movies. Let's scrap the pan plot entirely and just make Blackbeard if he was a modern day CEO. One of our first ideas was like, what if, or your your idea? I think this was your idea. Was what if Hook came to Pan's world and now he's like in the real world and he's trying to figure stuff out and he has to like start from the bottom of like the corporate world and maybe he's attracted to the idea of like yeah of hostile need- takeovers. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's interviewing for jobs and he's noticing some of the sketchy stuff they do to make sure that they don't pay him enough. And like he goes to like the to like your typical office and they're like, yeah, you're basically going to be doing. And they list all the things that like would be expected of an intern. But then they're like, you're not going to get paid. You'll be paid in experience. And he's like, oh, my God, I need to work here because these people are cutthroat as fuck. Oh, it's Wolf of Wall Street, but fucking Neverland. This is brilliant. God, this is br- this movie's going to suck compared to all this shit. <laughs> Okay, well, since we've got a couple of uh, a couple of good predictions in the bag, let's uh, let's just go to it. Uh, I will tell you something that I learned from the the trailer. Since we've already made our all of our predictions, we're gonna go ahead and go right into it. I'll go ahead and let you know. Uh, Hugh Jackman's in this movie. Huge jacked man. Huge jacked man himself. The oh legend. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. So God, God who's he? Gonna, does it does it show you who he's gonna be? Is he Peter Pan? No, 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 no. Oh no, no. Okay. Who's God? Are they gonna have the super racist? Native American imagery in this? There's no way, right? Oh, uh, unfortunately. Princess Tiger Lily and Chief Wampum or whatever? When I pulled up to see like uh, who was going to be in this movie, one of the actors that gets pulled up as part of the cast is uh, Nanso Onoze. I'm probably mispronouncing his name, and I'm willing to accept that. He's in a bunch of different very serious roles, but none of these are really terribly iconic unfortunately i wish he was in more more stuff that i could say the name of and you'd be like oh i know that he was in most most popularly probably sweet tooth that sounds familiar but i don't think i saw it yeah he's the guy who like protects the kid but like sort of reluctantly but he's like this big sort of lovable black actor and he plays oh, a lot of, a lot I, of know this. I know what that is yeah I, I, I did i did watch sweet tooth i do not know what is in this movie exactly if there were to be any of that like sketchy stuff from you know the original peter pan things in this i would hate to see it fall upon nonso anozi's back right i i think god i would rather have him be hook or smee oh god i'd love to see him as hook i think he'd do a great job like he's got to be one of the pirates if he's if, and if he's a lead it's either hook or smeed but uh, uh we'll, we'll just go ahead and get into the movie and yeah let's crack it brace yourself for the jack to man and we are back from the movie i uh Good God. If there was ever a movie to have a lot of uh, discussion for, it was this one. This is the one. Let us hear it. I was unhappy. I was horribly unhappy. I thought uh, Jack Human. I thought he was great in that he was basically playing Johnny Depp very well. I did not get Johnny Depp vibes from him. And I am a pretty big Captain Jack Sparrow scrutinizer. I'm really big into being like, when is Johnny Depp actually acting? And when is he just playing Captain Jack Sparrow, but like with a business suit on or in a chef's costume or you know what i mean right no that's fair i did not get that vibe from jack two man but i really think hugh jackman the only noteworthy part of his performance here really is that we haven't gotten to see him really do this in 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 many of his performances the performances that he's most well known for are i'm gonna play a really subdued guy with knives coming out of his knuckles that's fair and his his performance as blackbeard is really over the top really sinister, very villainous. He gives us those snarls that we really want to see. Very reminiscent for me, at least, of uh, Willem Dafoe playing the Green Goblin. Just that, like, kind of over-the-top theatrical performance of a sinister villain. And, and because of that, I liked it. I actually did enjoy it. That's fair. I think he was the only character that I, I enjoyed seeing on screen. I was not happy with this movie because I, I felt like it was just a big old bundle of callback quips and not even... All of them were well done. I'm going to start with probably the first one I noticed that I was least happy with, and that's um, Bishop, played by the man whose name you butchered. He's not a bumbling idiot. At least I didn't get that immediately. Blackbeard is like, so the boy is lost? And he says, yes, sir, he is a lost boy. Did you need that? Did you really need that? 
Yeah. And it just it continued on from there. Yeah, I, I agree. They mishandled his character a little bit. The character of Bishop was uh, not as well handled as we would have liked because there were times where it seemed like he was the competent first mate and he was providing like good advice to Blackbeard and Blackbeard was the bumbling captain. He was just, I got to get it at any cost. And Bishop's like, well, doesn't it make more sense to, you know, and I like that uh, rendition of the, the captain first mate dynamic a little bit better than what we got, which was sometimes that, but more often the Bishop's a, a bumbling buffoon slash strong man. He performs those two roles pretty consistently. Either I'm big strong man, I will hit you with my big strong move, or I'm kind of a dopey, well, yes, he is a lost boy. Uh, I don't know. The role of henchman is a difficult role in general, but when you're like, I'm not going to say only black character in the movie, but like the sort of the premier black character in the film and the biggest sort of uh, current actor of the black cast in the film is mishandled in this way and they don't really have a clear direction for him and they sort of pigeonhole him into these like really lame character dynamics that we've grown entirely too accustomed to. That was something I wanted to bring up really early. How often while watching this film were you just rolling your eyes at the like cliched nonsense going on? Uh, well, well, that's it. Like I, the whole movie, I was kind of rolling my eyes. I like, I don't know what the selling point is here. Cause like, I want to say something good about the movie, but like even the parts that were pretty were like, not even like th there's the part where they're running through the forest and it's supposed to be like cool, goofy CGI birds. Uh, but you can clearly tell that they're like flailing their arms while their feet don't move. Like you can just tell that. What was the prettiest, the best part visually for you for the film? I enjoyed like the opening while while they're going at, like uh, during that first trip to Neverland, and they've got really fantastical things happening, like the water bubbles that have the fish in them. I thought that was pretty. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot to fuck up there because it really was just uh like big old shotgun CGI across the screen. I did not like that actually. There was a lot of that that I just felt. Like like, can we get to the part where we're back to real actors acting with other real actors and not just CGI nonsense? We didn't know this going in because this is a golden episode. Both of us have not seen this. I've only, I'd only seen the trailer going in. I did not know this movie was going to be so CGI heavy. And just, you have to do a lot of work to make a CGI heavy movie likable for me specifically. So already I'm predisposed not to like this movie. So that should be taken with everything I'm saying as a, as a critic of film, know that if there's a lot of CGI and especially not particularly particularly nuanced CGI. It's just sort of there and you're like, I can tell we're in front of a, a CGI sunset and it doesn't look very good and it looks clearly faked. Or the Neverland birds or whatever they called them, the Neverbirds, those were CGI and terrible the whole way through. If they could just spend a little bit more money on those, I would not have been so offended, but good God was I offended every time they were on screen. For me, the best scene in the movie, the most beautiful, was when the uh, the pirates are attacking the, the native people and they're just like shooting them and they turn into these big clouds of like paint and it's sort of a callback to Hook where they're there was a lot of like paint aspects and like the clouds of paint were an, an aspect of the, the, the whimsy of, of the uh, Lost Boys and shit like the that. Lost Boys, yes. I, I thought that was really cool and it looked good and it was a fun way to get around like, well, how do we show someone getting shot to death and not include any gore? And that's I, I did I did think that that one part, like while I didn't think it was the prettiest, I thought it led to like that very interesting scene where Peter's hiding underneath them while they're getting interrogated and he's like, bon voyage, and kills the guy and Peter's covered in, in blue dust. And I was like, that was a really nice way of handling this for a PG movie. Yeah, I, I think that PG movies should take Take advantage of this more often. If PG movies would be willing to have a creative way to show someone dying or getting murdered or something, you know, graphic, but in a creative and interesting and imaginative way, I think they could still get away with being PG, but have something that we haven't seen before, which makes it inherently interesting and lets me give you the pass on, you know, not just going for the R rating. I kind of wish that they had done the James Hook reveal later in the movie. It, it felt out of place and it left this like, I mean, unless this is what they were going for, like if they were going for the tension that we as audience goers who know the story for us to just constantly have this tension there that's just contrived no, like, no you're right you're i think you're absolutely right they did not play with the tension of we revealed that this is james hook i, I guess the the moment where that is played with the most is in the third act main character separating from each other you know that the ending's coming around the corner scene where he leaves and we're kind of supposed to believe okay you know he's james hook like he's he's captain hook he might be just fucking off 
to fuck off. Well, he might join Blackbeard. And right. I thought I thought that would be more. I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. So I just, I feel like revealing it so early was a mistake. It would have felt better, like, if that was the twist ending at the end or something like that, or if they had done something with it. A, cu- a couple of things that I'm sure are just, like, stupid little plot holes, but, like, if, if I was Blackbeard, I'd have just killed the kid outright in the first place instead of uh, whatever the fuck happened there. I do think the reason for that is that Blackbeard is at least somewhat, and they probably should have done a better job of translating this to the audience, Blackbeard is somewhat of the belief that there might be some utility in keeping the kid around. And they and, and I agree, they didn't translate that to the audience very well, and they should have had like a scene where him and Bishop are arguing about it, and Bishop, again, a good chance for Bishop to be the more intelligent first mate and say, hey, we should just kill the kid. And then Blackbeard, trying to like move the little wheels in his brain, be like, no, 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 let's keep him around just in case there's some utility in keeping him around. And Bishop's like, no, 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 just kill him. And that would be a cool moment. I, I would have also appreciated if like, because um, we had this weird rapid fire scene where they're like, and your mother used to belong to Blackbeard and then she ran away and blah, 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 blah. And that was all just like odd exposition would have also been nice if it was like Blackbeard kept him alive because like whatever, he's actually got some soft spot in him for this woman and consequently her kid. That would have been neat as well. Um, oh, oh, I 1000% agree. Like, he's like, I don't care that you're the chosen one who's supposed to kill me. I don't care about that. I loved your mother and I love you. Please come and, and just be around me. I'd love to be there with you. I'd love to help you raise you into a proper man and have good form. And he keeps referencing good form. It's it's always, it's bad form to do that. It's good form to do this. I would love for him to have like an interaction with Peter where he opens his heart to him, really. And that would make Peter's like refusal of him all the juicier. Yeah, it would have been lovely. And and then uh, the the final thing that I absolutely hated, the fairies could have just won on their own, apparently, but oh. they didn't because they didn't have Peter to point at Blackbeard or do his little Kamehameha blast of fairies at Black. That part really pissed me off. Yes, Peter ascending to fairy Jesus status and then using his newfound Matrix Neo powers to command the fairies. <laughs> to fairy laser beams. And... Yeah, even though the fairies are getting lit on fire, they're dying, presumably. Unless the fairies, like, we didn't see any fairies die. It could have just been the fire was around them and they were like, we're fairies, we love fire, yay, nature. Right, right, we have no idea. We have no clue. There could have been zero fairy casualties this entire time and they're just like, man, these people are really coming in here like that, huh? All right, word. <laughs> Like, that's chill. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have a clue. Like, the, the, I swear to God, like, all of the tension rests solely on the fact that you know how the Peter Pan story goes. And they're just like, here's another callback. Was that cool? Remember when they said this in Peter Pan? And we're like, yeah, yeah, I, I remember. Th- thank you. And they're like, all right, here's some cool CGI stuff. And you're like, no, the CGI isn't that good. And it's like, what, what if we put another callback next to the CGI? And you're like, guys, we just... I don't think you got anywhere close to the formula. Like, (laughs) something didn't happen here. I made the prediction that Tinkerbell might be the main character, and that might be kind of cool to see sort of the fairies' perspective. And we got a little bit more fairies than, you know, the exact opposite of what I said, but they were mishandled completely. And specifically, specifically, Tinkerbell's character shows up, dances around in front of Peter, and he's like, I understand her because I'm half fairy and I understand these things. I can I can understand what she's saying. Cool, 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 cool. And this um, one's Tinkerbell. Okay, bye. Yep. And that's <laughs> that's all they use Tinkerbell for, and it is so impossibly frustrating. Tiger Lily, too. Like, I don't know... I'm not 100% sure how this was meant to be played out, but there was, a, there was I vaguely remember, some tension where Captain Hook wanted Tiger Lily in, like, the original, and now there's, like, she, she I don't know, she was entirely too receiving of the, the flirting and the praise and stuff like that compared to, like, if we're to assume that this leads into Peter Pan that we all know and love, it's a very weird dynamic they have going on. I like Tiger Lily's character in this film. She is kind of that cool warrior badass but she doesn't have like zero femininity which is typically how like if we're gonna put like a progressive female character in a movie they tend to just be like let's just make her a man and she has no femininity whatsoever she still has some aspects of femininity where she's receptive to flirting and you know those kinds of things and i'm not saying that's the only way uh, a character can be feminine but like sort of in the executive somebody who's running something like disney or a, a big hollywood exec would be like, yeah, make her less feminine. She doesn't flirt with anybody. But she she got to do some flirting and giggling and smiling at the guy and everything. And there was a cute little, like, unspoken romance, sort of. I do think that the movie 
really, I, I called this one for sure. The movie did end trying to set up for another movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That dialogue at the end where he's like, well, uh, I'm, I'm the chosen. He says, I'm the chosen one. Jesus Christ. What, is, what that has to be the worst thing you can do in a chosen one story is say, I'm the mm-hmm. chosen one. It's me because I said, yeah, I also was not a fan of because that I get like what you're saying that they were trying to do the whole point where like uh where he's collected all the rest of the orphans so what is he a pirate and he's like no well not yet what what makes you think he's going to what has occurred we literally just defeated all the pirates unless you mean that he's like captain of a ship and being captain of a ship does not make you a pirate so where are you going with this peter It, it seems weird like if you're trying to appoint him if you're trying to say oh but he'll be captain of this ship just say that instead. Don't say he, right. he'll be a pirate eventually. That's that's a weird thing to put on somebody. I was uh, I was secretly hoping that this would turn dark at the end and sort of like uh, Pan's Labyrinth, that they would all just have died in the bombing in the opening scene. I would really like it if it did sort of a Pan's Labyrinth thing where it sort of revealed that like the whole story was sort of hopeless by the end of it and we're waiting for a different Peter Pan and the legend of Peter Pan as it exists with the Lost Boys is something completely of myth and lore and it has nothing to do with uh, Robin Williams. The guy named Peter Pan in Hook isn't the same Peter Pan that we experienced all these years ago. You're just putting that on him despite it not being him, which is one of the themes of the movie. I'm not the chosen one if such a thing ever existed. And then it turns out he was, but like- Just kidding, I wasn't confident enough. It could have been really cool to have him be killed off at the end by Hook, you know, oh, you know, screw you kid, (laughs) whatever, something. And then that causes all the bad blood with everybody or like what he thought was a a clever assassination attempt wasn't all that clever and people saw it, something, you know? Or or anything, or or like you're saying in in like the Legend of Zelda series, the hero of time, Link, is uh, like always somebody different. Like that's the whole point of it. It's like time has progressed and a new Link shows up or some shit like that. Like if they had explored that, that would have also been cool. God, this movie sucks so bad. There were good things about it. Did your jaw drop in the Nirvana scene? What do you mean the Nirvana scene? You know, when he finally gets to Neverland and all the people are singing that Nirvana song, you know, hello. Oh, yeah. So at first I was like, what are they singing? And then like finally it caught on to me that uh that they were singing that song. And they did it again, like the next time everybody's gathered at the at the pit. And I just thought it was so strange. I'm sure there's something in there that makes a lot of sense. Uh, because like what uh so what's the name of the song that they that they keep fucking uh they're singing in the beginning? I think it's, uh, what's it, Smells Like Teen Spirit? No, I think I think that's exactly right. Yes, it is It is that song. So just per the title, like, that's perfect. Like, I think that's perfect for, like, a Neverland kind of thing. It's just, it felt very awkward for them to be, like, chanting it as as some sort of event for uh, for Blackbeard. And, and let's just talk about the logistics of that for a second. Like, did Blackbeard have to, like, teach all of these people individually? Like, no, it's, hello. Hello, and not just hello, hello. That's not how it goes. You have to, hello, down, up, down, up. There's a lot that goes into teaching a bunch of people to sing something in unison. Jesus, I don't know. I did not like that. I was extremely put off, both by that and the Blitzkrieg bop, because that done- I I saw, I heard that one too, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, logistic, like, first off, why would you decide this as the soundtrack for your Neverland story? Who made that decision? And then, like, if we want to talk about it through the story that's going on in the movie, what what is going on with Blackbeard? Does he just come back every now and then, steal a couple kids, and, like, flip on the radio? And he's like, yeah, 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 that's a good one. I'll take that. Sort of the precursor to Blackbeard, though, really quick, and I, I'm sure we're... I'm derailing you a little bit. The head nun that's like running the orphanarium. Who's <laughs> clearly evil, like and from the rip. She like, I, I get that there's a portion of these kinds of movies that's trying to encapsulate that, I don't know, cartoon angsty kind, not, not cartoon angst. Uh, the hopelessness like, of being an orphan? No, no, like like a lot of the action and the gags and whatnot are, are kind of reminiscent of cartoons. And I felt like out of all the characters, even the over the top Blackbeard, you know, like him being as over the top and whimsical as he could be, the most cartoon-esque character was the nun that ran the orphanarium. Like at the end of the movie, when they all finally escape and go off to Neverland together with Peter Pan, she busts through the door and just like rowling at them. <laughs> oh, what a, what a ma- She was written the best out of everybody else. Like she feels like she's supposed to be in the kids, like live action version of what is a cartoon effectively. Right. She did such a good job. I don't know who that actress is. 
God bless her. She did so, 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 so good. Talk about characters who you feel good about them being on screen. That fucking lady, every time she was on screen, I was like, yes, yes, Queen Slay. Right. I, I don't know. She did, she did her character really well. And then, like, if you want to talk about, like, jaw-dropping scenes, how it gets to the end where, like, she's raising the pirate flag, and it's like, oh, she's selling them to pirate. Jesus, Chris, this they thought us, like, that, that was a nice little wrapped-up fucking arc there. Yeah. Mustache twirling villain nailed it for sure. I don't think there was a single other character that if you were to just try to describe their, I, I guess Hook is just like generic white savior guy. Well, yeah. So that's the thing. It's like I don't know where his progression goes from here to Captain Hook. You know, like I, I think they left that. I think they. I, I think they left that purposefully ambiguous and like unanswered because they wanted to do another movie after this one, but nobody fucking watched this movie. And I and I feel bad because like. I, I love to see Hugh Jackman trying other roles other than, you know, what he's become popular for. It's just not like all in all, it's not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's just what it is. It's like they took they didn't take enough chances and they changed just enough for it to be confusing. The callbacks didn't even help. I didn't like it. Like, I just didn't like the movie. And I feel like so the, I think the big problem with the callbacks specifically, if we were to nail it down to one thing specifically, is that the callbacks both want you to have seen the source material, like seen maybe Hook or one of the other renditions of Peter Pan, understand them, be able to recognize them. And also it relied very heavily on you sort of watching this as a first time experience. Like they wanted this to be the reboot of the story, but they wanted enough recognition from the previous renditions. Yeah. So I, I, I think I did successfully call that. This is a soft reboot where they both they want to have it both ways, where this can be your first time ever seeing a Peter Pan movie, but also you've seen all the other Peter Pan stuff and this is something kind of new, but it's not. It doesn't work as something kind of new. It literally, if you watch this movie side by side while Hook is also playing, you will be like, oh my God, they basically just copied this shit. Uh, but Hook was so good. Yeah, I feel yeah. like... Like I need to go back and watch Hook and be like, is this is this what it was? Is this what a, an introspective person saw when they watched Hook for the first time? Yeah, so it's it's almost like the opposite. An introspective person would have seen Hook and like seen a lot of the cool, loving, practical effects and things like that. That's my big problem with CGI heavy films. If you're doing a lot of CGI in your movie, I immediately feel like there's less love put into it less less like realism it doesn't feel as like this is actually a performance and i'm getting lost in it and i really feel like this is actually happening kind of and then i see the credits roll and i'm like oh right this was just a movie this wasn't real life if you see cgi you're like this isn't real life this is fucking nonsense this is bullshit and i do that every damn time whenever i see cgi that's unbelievable where it's just nonsense bull crap i'm just like this is nothing this is stupid i'm wasting my time right now and it's and it's unfortunate because I, I i don't think everybody feels that way and i'm sure that there are probably plenty of people who watch this movie and they're like wow i loved all the cgi effects they were so good and they felt nice and it was cool to like watch the little stories play out in these cool little marionette kind of cgi stories that's neat i do not feel that way and that makes me feel like hook is just strictly the better movie and it's and it, and it it does it does copy a lot of the formula from hook because you're right hook was so fucking good even more so laid laid up against this just like this felt like such a cop-out story and then they use cop-out tropes to progress their cop-out story so i was willing to accept the whole like hey we've got this tree that basically uh, plays us a movie from the past and it's like cool the exposition tree and then they're like but but you lied to me and they're like well we kind of lied to you Quick, let's go to the exposition pond and we'll play you another movie. And it's like, what the fuck, people? I agree. That was exactly the kind of stuff that just frustrated the shit out of me. And it it makes you feel kind of betrayed, man. Because you're right. Like, it would be easy for someone to watch that and be like, all right, I'm willing to give them. There's a magical tree that magically shows you little stories. You know, that's cool. But there's also... I even thought the, like, special effects there were nice. Because it reminded me of Bunraku, where it's like, it felt... Like little little miniatures, little paper miniatures or something like that. Like that at least felt cool. And then the second pass at it was such a pile of shit. And can we just talk about how off-putting the CGI mermaids were? How they were all the same chick? Oh, God. Something about that was just wrong. <laughs> right. And it's like, I expected something else out of that where they're like, it was a whole thing. It's like, we're going to go to the mermaids because pirates hate crocodiles. And then it's like, oh, that was only there for like the ha ha ha. He, he might have lost his hand and became Captain Hook right now. But then it's like, crocodile fight it's like all right but the crocodiles aren't really doing that much and then they and then the, the, the mermaids are like stop it you mean little crocodile and it's like cool so what about the mermaids oh they're 
They served their purpose. They're done. Okay, cool. Thanks. Can we just talk about how the, the crocodile was uh, was like the gentlest crocodile ever? I'm just, just, I'm just going to take you by your little belt loop, boy. Yeah. What, like what the fuck? It's doing the like the crocodile. I'm going to drown you underwater by like di- keeping you under, which is a grim thing to think about. But it's just carrying him by like the back of his clothes or his belt or whatever the fuck. Come on, man. Hey, and then it's like, ow, don't hit me, mermaid. Fine, you can have him, jeez. What a fucking nothing scene that was. I was just about to swim him up to the surface and give him back to his people, but you guys, like, smacked me in the face, and now I'm mad. (laughs) And then, so it's like, after that, the mermaids are gone. It's like, weren't they going to Mermaid World for, like, some fucking reason? I don't even know why they introduced the idea of mermaids. I know it's, like, a connection to other movies, whatever, but God, what a waste. What a waste of time. What a waste of cool potential stuff. Ugh. I am I am fairly disappointed by this movie, especially since like there were parts of it where I was like, man, it's kind of nice to be back in like in Neverland. All, all the parts where they were hanging out with the indigenous people and Quahu was such a cool character and he did all this cool like kung fu stuff and he has one other interaction in the movie where he's like, Peter, all this is your fault, basically. <laughs> I know, it's like, what a piece of shit! And like, why are we meant to hate Quahu? He's like the best fighter. They should have had him along for the final fucking fight. Yeah. Have him come come with, and like, he could have beat up on some people, and that would have been fun to watch. So when you mentioned like, oh, it's nice to be back in like Neverland, it's like, I would have liked to see like the Neverland, I don't know, I don't want to say like prehistoric Neverland, but like untouched Neverland. Because like, when they crash that first ship, and like the back half falls off and hits the ground, and it like, immediately I got this feeling, like in the original Peter Pan, they had that fucking like underground tunnel system and it's like oh this is gonna be their headquarters or something and it's like nah i just needed the map bruh moving on a lot of a lot of wasted potential man this is one of those movies where it's a family movie in that it's not meant for like people to really try to take it apart it's trying very much to be enjoyable for the family but specifically the kids to see these big cgi crazy things that they're not going to really tell like that's not real right i think that's exactly it because like you had mentioned like this this movie relies on this being your first trip to neverland but also we're calling back your previous trip to neverland so i think it's supposed to be for the adults to go like haha lost boys uh, you wouldn't get it you never saw the original and for the kids to be like, wow, that's a really creepy bird with googly eyes and an empty rib cage or whatever. That's neat. Those are real. That's crazy. That kind of reaction. Yeah, I think that it's it's for those like parents who just want to like drop their kids off at the theater and maybe like catch like a couple hours of nap. And then when they're like, yeah, and then James Hook, he was there and he, he became the captain at the end. He's Captain Hook. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know Captain Hook. And they're like, really? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I know about what you're fucking prattling on about my an- annoying child creature. <laughs> God, was there any was there anything like really good like I aside from like the their their creative use of this isn't blood which I, I I do think was really neat like at least in that one scene or the two scenes God was there was there anything good here like did they do anything really well because if they did I missed it This was a very middling movie and to stand on the shoulders of Hook and try to say like hey you should consider this because we're giving it a similar naming convention that we gave Hook instead of Captain Hook, we named it just Hook. So instead of Peter Pan, we'll name it just Pan. So it kind of like gives you questions about like, it doesn't, it doesn't stand on Hook's shoulders in any way, really, other than that, like, this is sort of a prequel to that movie, I guess, even though it doesn't really function as a prequel, because Peter Pan goes back to Neverland. Hook is kind of predicated on the idea that Peter leaves Neverland and doesn't come back. So I don't know if they were intending for this to be a prequel to Hook, but it doesn't really function that way. At least not this movie by itself. Maybe a second movie. Maybe. maybe Maybe it's less of a time gap because I don't know when Hook takes place, but this basically taking place World War Two. I think uh, it'd probably be like 30 or 40 years later. So it does make sense a little bit. 30 years later, 1970s, 1980s. I don't know when Hook was set exactly, but I don't know. And and like, God, man, setting this specifically during World War Two, they could have set this in like 1950 or they could have set this in like just before the in war. Blackbeard started. times or something like that, or maybe just after Blackbeard times. I was yeah. hoping they'd get some fucking mileage out of that. World War II thing. They had the whole put the gas masks on and 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 get to the the bug out shelter and and it was a whole thing. And then that was the end of the thing. We had a whole uh, military comms room being like, and it looks like a pirate ship. And it's like that's a funny scene. If like we're gonna explore this being I don't know a World War II allegory or whatever the fuck it is they could have done, yeah. but but they didn't. Like that was it. It's like hey, by the way, this is in World War II, and you're like that's cool. Why? And they're like no no no. Now we're in Neverland. Shut up. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna remember any of that crap. Quit quit. 
trying to bring it up. The movie kind of functions as a, it's basically just like the quest for the eternal fountain or the fountain of youth. I mean, and he gets there and he gets to the fountain of youth. I did think that actually uh, of all the things that are going to be sort of unspoken about, about this movie, the aspect of Blackbeard using fairy dust specifically so that he can live forever. And the way that they showed us that without actually really telling it to us. That was really cool. That I did like that. that. That one scene was really cool. I, I was a little bothered in the beginning when they're like, yeah, we're going to have you mine for fairy tonium or whatever the fuck they called it. Yeah. I was like, all right, this this is kind of weird. And when it culminated in him putting on that mask and getting younger, I was like, oh, this could be really cool. And then we don't touch it again. In, <sighs> in, in his final fight with Tiger Lily, I thought that's when they were going to touch on it again. Like he gets a little bit older during and Tiger Lily kind of gets the physical advantage over him because she's young and capable and he's ancient. Maybe he like grabs like a fairy and then squeezes it and then like eats the dust and that youngs him up again and we could be like something actually gives some stakes to this but like even his death was so half-assed where it's like no no no, but we called back to the song that we sang when we first came to neverland and it's like that's cool but we didn't really discuss any of that like uh the older versus the younger or anything like that like we didn't do anything with it yeah why why are we not taking the time to discuss the themes here it feels really a, a lot like this is just hey we're gonna make callbacks to peter pan a whole bunch and then never do anything with these characters we've created and like blackbeard's a cool character he's the scariest pirate who ever lived and he he's now gone to neverland and has captured all of these people to keep him young and like wow that could have been really really cool but they wasted so much time on like i like it was a two-hour movie like yeah. it's not like they didn't have time to like pick something and run with it but they're like no no, no. what what a fucking half-assed everything and and really that that scene with blackbird beard getting younger like you blink and it's gone i would not put it past anybody to miss that scene entirely probably one of the coolest scenes in the movie and you could have absolutely missed it i agree so one of the things that gets brought up in the movie and again does not get touched upon at all is that peter is so happy to see his mother but he expressly states how do i love someone that i've never met how can you do that and i'm like that is a profound thing my dude how has that not been a part of your character at all right god that would be fantastic like and then you've got pirates in the movie and i feel like that type i don't know what the word for it is because nostalgia is fond remembering of something that like you've been through like that's nostalgia and fucking there's got to be a word for nostalgia for shit that you haven't experienced like There, there is a word but i do not know it yeah but I mean, I, I say it all the time. It's like, man, I was born 200 years too late to be a pirate. And for like Peter to be getting yanked out of World War II by pirates and not being like, what a fantastic thing I suddenly get to do. But instead they're like, no, no, look, look at this CGI bubble fish. Isn't that neat? Isn't that way better than World War II? Forget about World War II. Now we're in Neverland. What the fuck? Like, it's such a, a fever dream of just shit getting shoved in your face and then ripped away. I think that trying to discuss the idea of you can be born in you know the 1990s and wish that you were born in the 1920s that's a normal thing that a lot of people are experiencing and and a lot of people are experiencing specifically in 2015 i remember people being vocal about that i remember people all the time saying that like yeah oh well i was born 40 years too early, or I guess 40 years too late. I should have been born 40 years earlier. I feel a great loss for that every time I look back on this older culture that I identify more with. That could have been a cool thing to talk about in the movie. Something fucked up here. Like, everybody was spitballing and storyboarding for this thing. They're like, wow, that's a really good idea. And then somebody else was like, yeah, yeah, but what about this? And they're like, oh, that's a really good idea. But I don't want to get rid of that guy's idea. So we're just going to have both ideas. And this just went on and on until they're like, all right, we've got two hours of ideas. Where do we start making? Nah, fuck it. We're not going to cut anything. We're just going to put all the ideas on screen one at a time. And, and so much of it is just like, let's make a shout out to this thing. Let's make a shout out to that thing. God, come on, man. I'd rather a competently made movie that's just trying to talk about one or two things than this, where it's just, we're just going to reference the original source material a bunch and not really have a clear through line that we're trying to do. I know, what, a, what a huge pain in the ass this was. I'm so, I'm so disappointed in it. I'm, I'm disappointed in the people who made this. This this is like so ungodly frustrating because I wanted to like it. Like it's Peter Pan. And like I grab Ashley and I'm like, hey, do you want to watch new Peter Pan? And it's like, oh, that'll be neat. And even by the time we got to the end of the movie, she's like, I wish that was darker. And I'm like, fuck. 
fuck yeah, just anything. I wish it was anything but what it was. Did you did you pitch her the musical idea? Because I think I the musical. Did. She thought that was a great idea. And the fucking uh uh the devil is a part timer, but Captain Hook also brilliant. Dog, we need to just start writing screenplays already. Fuck this podcast shit. So we're cha- no, we're changing the podcast name. It's not like it's see for yourself. It's like oh god, we need to have like a monthly bit. See for yourself, did it better, and it's just like all right, guys, uh, everybody in Hollywood, fucking sit down and shut up, and we'll teach you what's up. <laughs> we will show you where you fuck the fuck up. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Well, I think that's enough. Fucking punching this fucking movie while it's down, because <laughs> it, it, I I do believe this movie didn't do terribly well in the box office. Let's, you know what? Just oh, was it already like a failure before I called it out on being one? Yeah, I, I think it might have been. So let's just double check. Yeah, their budget was 150 million, and its worldwide gross was 120, or its worldwide total was 128 million. Oh god. And then there was also the total that was spent on marketing, which was between 100 million and 125 million. Oh, so it's really right down in the shitter. Hook did 300 million. (laughs) Well, and what was their budget with their practical effects? 70 million. Holy ballsack. Oh, God, just make Hook again. Just fucking reshoot Hook. Just scene for scene, copy the whole damn thing. Fuck it. Yeah, that's all you had to do. Oh, man, I'm going to go watch Hook later just to get this out of my fucking mouth. Fun fact, and I know we've mentioned this in the past, but there is a uh, Peter Pan movie that stars Johnny Depp. Is there? Yeah, Finding Neverland. All right. Johnny Depp and Kate Winslet. It was a 2004 uh, film. Maybe we'll have to do that one of these days. God, because now now I'm starving for like a, a good Neverland movie. It really does suck because Neverland is such a cool place, you know? It's just, it's and it's full of like cool themes that you can just fucking get at. Shit, I remember like I brought up earlier the, the Notre Dame book version and it's like Captain Hook escaped from Peter Pan. So Peter wouldn't kill him and make him one of the, the lost books. There's so many cool things that they could have done here instead of like this weird fucking God, it looked like they were trying to shoot uncharted and they were like ah well we've got all this extra stuff it's like well we can make a peter pan movie out of it that's pretty close to that it's like yeah yeah get everybody back have them say a catchphrase real quick and we'll make a second movie i do think that this movie is thirsty to have a sequel and i don't think that having a sequel would fix any of the problems really other than the problem of like hook's character is kind of bland yeah if they had just gone in for hook's character on the like the idea of being a puckish rogue and like not committing to like either being a good guy or being a villain and at the end of the movie he commits to being a good guy and he's like, yeah, I'll probably be a good guy for forever. I love doing this good guy stuff. And then Tiger Lily's like, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know. Forever's a long time. Blah, 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 blah. Like, that's another thing about Neverland, right? It's like, they're like, oh, I don't want anything to change. Everything has to stay the same forever. And it's like, that could have been explored through Hook's shitty character building that they did in this movie. But it's going to take a whole nother fucking movie to, like, do anything with it. The best scene for Hook was probably when he's like, uh, they just crash landed after escaping from Blackbeard raid on the native people she like immediately gets up and is like peter are you okay and he's like oh i'm i'm okay i guess fuck me right and she's like hey this is all your fault because blah 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 and he's like well what about shmi shmi was the one that like sold us out and she's like no you should have known that shmi would sell you out and i'm like what the how how the fuck is he supposed to know that (laughs) right what is all there is so much i think there's like three times in this movie they're like you're guilty by association and it's like is that the theme is that the overarching theme that you guys are shooting at because they did it once in the fucking orphanage they did it there i feel like there's another place where they did it it feels like that's like a thing that's in there but they don't really harp on it a lot like why is it inappropriate to say that somebody is guilty by association and why that's like illegitimate as a form of justice right even though they keep bringing it up and it just it ends up being brought up as as making the character who said it look like a fucking asshole but they never actually like they never actually play that out like they never say wow what a fucking bitch the princess is being for saying that like he's guilty because he didn't know that a friend of his would be a sellout yeah i feel like they're just writing the script and then i put uh, more words we need more words to fill up two hours because like that whole bit like could have expanded on something where it's like i'm sorry for being wrong sometimes or fucking whatever like and then that's done like we're done with the conversation now or like how hook's character is that when people's lives are on the line he'll say what he needs to say to save lives and the princess does not feel the same way and how like one of them is a little bit more wrong than the other for that but the princess feels pretty indignant about it so she gets to in the in the eyes of the film
filmmaking seem like she's right, but she's wrong. Like he saved lives by like, or he was trying to save lives by revealing that the there was a map. And Which that's- is like fucking whatever. It's like, the, I'm sure he would have figured that out anyways. It, it was such a small amount of extra information to be like, hey, a map exists. It's like, okay, they were going to ransack the place anyways. Yeah, absolutely. If you're already going to run through this place with all these different men and you're already torturing everybody you're coming across effectively, either somebody was going to say it or they were just going to come across it by happenstance. So like, it's not like you told them where it was. It's like the, the, he straight up bought enough time and like, I don't... God, just the more we talk about this movie, the angrier I get. I don't think this movie is, like, completely pointless. I'm sure it fulfills a very good role in, like, putting a movie in front of children. But a lot of a lot of the stuff in it is, like, why the fuck would a kid give a fuck about Nirvana? This was clearly just for, like, the parents to be like, ah, I know this song, haha. Which sucks, because it's, like, I understand, like, the, you know, the movie machine must keep marching on or whatever. But, uh, like, to do, to do nothing. To, like, have all these fucking disconnected ideas and jam them into two hours of mo- Not even like an hour and a half a movie not even like the this is a clean 90 minutes it's like no i i feel like you've brought up before it's like no 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 this this movie's like two hours which means they cared enough about the message they're trying to send to add a half an hour onto like the the budget movie time and much like that time it, it was like an extra half hour of unnecessary crap yep I paused the movie right at the 90 minute mark uh, just by by pure chance. I was like, man, this movie's still going on. I wonder how much more time there is. I paused it. It was right at the 90 minute mark and it said like, there's another 25 minutes of this shit. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, can we not? <laughs> that is exactly why I am always pressing for that clean 90 minute runtime because that tells the audience like, hey, we wanted to do a feature film, but we're not trying to waste any of your time. We're a feature film and that's it. We're not like all this extra stuff. If a movie is more than an hour and a half long, it is trying to tell you as an audience member, this should be worth all those extra minutes. This was not. Yeah, I feel like like that's what it should be. But there's there's like a fine line between we had something that we really needed to show you and it required the extra 90 minutes and like i think the other half of that line is just poor storytelling or poor directing or poor i don't know who makes that decision but for them to be like ah i just i'm not smart enough to figure out how to say the nothing i was trying to say in 30 fewer minutes so it's it's equal parts directing writer and editor all three of those people had the opportunity to say this isn't necessary let's cut it but they continuously at every point of the production chose not to so it's not even like there was like one key moment for each of them they were always choosing no let's leave that in we got to leave that in we got to leave that in most movies like when they record all of it it's many 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 more hours than just an hour and a half they cut it down they cut it down to an appropriate amount of time let's let's bring up the stupid googly eye birds again like we could have shoot horn them into another scene like maybe maybe that scene where we're going past the fucking uh the bubble fish in the entry to neverland we could have introduced them there and then we wouldn't have had to have 10 fucking minutes of running from them and then we still could have brought them up later to save the fucking uh the native village yeah tiger lily and uh Hope. Yeah, and, and and ostensibly they saved everybody else, but really, like they didn't? Question mark. Yeah, they they kind of didn't because at at the end of it all, it's like, hey, I need to go get all these orphan kids to repopulate Neverland again. Yeah, um, and, and they but you know what I mean? Just... Like, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a trained director. I have no experience in this shit. And in in thirty seconds, I solved ten minutes of editing for them. <laughs> It is frustrating. The more I learn about these, like, because I watch interviews of directors and things like all the time. I want to know their experiences. I want to know the problems that they had and the, the creative solutions that they came up with. I feel like that's good, like, training for me so that if ever the day comes, I can be like, well, actually, a good solution for this is this. I think that this movie suffered from the problem that, like, Lion King kind of had, where the new CGI Lion King came out, right? They're trying mm-hmm. to make this, you know, CGI live action, quote unquote, Lion King. It's not live action. It's, it's all CGI. But they're like claiming that the the style that they did it in is so advanced that it basically is live action it's not you can tell it's cgi the whole fucking time and they talk a lot in the interviews about how like we had all the time and all the money in the world to make this movie i think maybe this this movie kind of suffered from a similar problem sometimes having all the time and the money in the world gives you this shit now that that makes sense not not directly related to movies but i i did watch um some documentary on like uh the the creep of like like way back in the day if you wanted to get zork on a fucking on your computer you had to buy the box that had fucking three floppy disks on it and it had to work the first fucking time and 
each floppy disk is how is the floppy disk like 128 meg or something like that it's very um, little yeah very, very little so they had to optimize and re-optimize and just make sure the perfect thing worked the first time as small as possible and, and like all these hoops that you had to jump through and nowadays it's like i go to buy a game on steam and it's like yeah this thing's fucking 128 gig go fuck yourself and it's full of bugs yeah it's not even finished yet and we're already selling it to you so it's like nobody optimized it and nobody tried to make sure it ran right the first time and it's like it, it part of that is because we have so much space it's like yeah everybody's got a terabyte hard drive i'm gonna throw 300 gigs of shit at you go fuck yourself but much like what you're saying i feel it's like oh we've got a million whatever this was 300 million dollars <laughs> to throw at peter pan how could we go wrong we're too big to fail too big to fail has got to be the worst thing that can be put on a movie all the some, <laughs> of the some of the greatest movies of all time were like hey can we just get another million dollars please 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 and they're like no i don't know if we can do that uh. <laughs> and then they just like kind of you know they find a way to make it work and then we get elf or we get home alone or we get you know those kinds of movies that just like struggle with that like last little push because they wanted to put in one more scene you know like we cut as much as we could but we want this one scene that's going to cost like a couple hundred thousand dollars and we just you know we really need it this movie did not have that problem all right well you know we've we've bitched and moaned about this movie for long enough and it's, it's not the worst movie ever it's a movie that you should see with your kids and not not think about it all you know just put it on and and, and turn your brain off and just go oh ha ha i know nirvana oh ha ha you know blitzkrieg bop I'm, I'm aware of that song wow but, that's that's pretty clearly fake cgi but like at least it's pretty god what a what a push i'm god i'm gonna find out who made this you're taking time away from me tracking down the people who made this. Well, just so you know, John Favreau, probably one of the greatest directors of our time, made the CGI Lion King movie that everybody fucking hates. Oh, really? We've talked about John Favreau in the past, and uh, he is very, very good. He was even in The Replacements, your favorite movie ever. <laughs> I don't think we should put this on the director. I don't know who to put it on exactly. Probably the executives. And again, it's one of those unfortunate uh, David Fincher situations, where David Fincher was like, I'm gonna make cool movies. And then the executives were like, no, you make shit now he was like okay i'll make shit and then years later he was allowed to go well now that my contract is up i will just go ahead and let you know that movie's fucking shit and i didn't do anything to fucking fix it because i wasn't allowed to maybe that's the case that we're facing down right now john favreau was probably paid an absorbent amount of money to make lion king and probably took a lot of that money and put it into making other projects that we love and adore to this day we shouldn't blame the creator on its less than idealities considering that there are so many people behind the scenes pulling a lot of strings unfortunately this isn't the kind of thing that can be so simply put into one person i wish it were that's sort of the uh one of the uh misnomers of filmmaking that we put all of the credit onto the director or all of the pressure onto the director when in reality it takes a crew of hundreds of people several you know weeks maybe even months to make a movie so there's a lot of opportunities for other people to have fucked something up there's great examples of this the crow probably one of the biggest ups in film history that was a mistake on a lot of different people's behalfs but let's go ahead and call it for today welcome we'll come back with a good movie hopefully next time i'll, I'll have to talk it, go, please go out of my way to find us a solid one to talk nonsense about let's, yeah let's call it that bye guys bye.